Wild Talk Radio Network. Theme song! This is the Firefly Funhouse! And I want to introduce you to some very special friends that I've met along the way. Hey, this is Adam Copeland, a.k.a. the Rated R Superstar. Hey guys, this is Renee Paquette. This is Kane from WWE. This is WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Hi, this is Bree, and this is Nikki, and we're the Battle Twins. This is Christopher Daniels, and what I like to do on my office is listen to the rap, and now you are And it is awesome. Stratisfaction is guaranteed. It's time to experience the award-winning The Rack. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I love kickball. I'm back, taking souls and digging holes. I'm going to break you, bitch, you hear me? You can love, but you can't touch. Ruthless <laughs> aggression. With your host. They've been lying to you. Heroes don't exist. Y'all become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. Have I mentioned that I was uh, once addicted to eating sponges? Lindsay Ward. Look at me, woman. And you can just call me Taker. Oh my god, it's Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Does Taker hate me? Oh my god, it's Taker. And she was a wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and chewed tobacco. I like puppets. And her producer, Sir Rockin. My little creatures of the night will now experience the magical art of puppetry. (laughs) What the game is playing. Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. We're here. Yowie wowie. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Rack right here on WildTalkRadio.com. Brought to you by our friends over at MBG Films. Check them out at YouTube.com slash MBG1211. And if you're listening to us over on RackRadioShow.com, WildTalkRadio.com, or directly on Twitch, thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. If you're on Twitch and you have a Prime Gaming sub available, well, you can use it here for free for 30 days. All you have to do is hit the little purple button down at the bottom of the screen, and you can subscribe for free. It is that simple you can also subscribe the regular way hang out and chat listen to the archive we are happy to have you any way we can get you i'm your host Lindsay Ward. joining me as always is the ever faithful producer slash co-host slash handyman sir rockin this game tonight that's on the nfl thing is totally worth your prime subscription just like i just resubscribed on twitch for free using my prime gaming sub yay it's that easy, chat. Just click the purple rectangular button below the screen. But this, it's it's six three. It's 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 oh god! It's so painful. It's like pulling teeth. It's and I feel bad because it's like the defenses are doing your their job. That's how you know the defenses are doing their job is when it's a really low scoring game, but also there's just been lots of drop balls and 
Yeah, it's not been a fun time for anybody so it, far. It has not been a fun time whatsoever. But hey, you can you can subscribe that way. You can follow the channel, do all the fancy things. You can tweet us at Wild Talk Radio at Rock Radio Show, or come right here to Twitch.tv/slash/WTRLive, interact with us, and, and do the thing because we have stuff we're going to talk about this evening, which includes the extreme rules. We're going to go down the the rabbit hole for a little while as well. Because it all ties into Extreme Rules, which takes place this Saturday, live on the Peacock and the WWE Network worldwide, right here in Philadelphia, where I will not be, because I'm elsewhere. But hey, it's happening here, so there is there is that. Woo! So I have to find your sheet, because... I uploaded a bunch of stuff. Okay, here we go. Okay, so we got some serious... Before we get into the fun and the shenanigans and all the things, we got to talk to you all about some some stuff. Yes, Um, we do. Unfortunately, we have some sad news. We never like to lead with it. No, we don't. Um, But we do have some sad news um, in the form of um, Sarah Lee of NXT fame has very tragically passed away at the age of 30. Um, There are no details as to what happened. So everybody, please respect the family's privacy. They did it. Like announce it today on social media. Um, and there is a GoFundMe for her family. It's out on a bunch of people's Twitters. I know Renee Young has been putting it out. So please go donate if you can. Help her family out. Um, it would be very much appreciated. They're already over the goal, but any anything you can give always helps, especially for um, for a family in need and a family grieving um, in in the wake of really something horrible that's happened. Yeah. So, do the thing. Do the thing, yeah. So Sarah Lee um, tragically passed away. No no details, but she's from um, Tough Enough fame. I think she was in NXT for a little while. Three children. Yeah. yeah. Young children, too. Yeah, she, so she, was, she had goals at one point to be a wrestler, but then motherhood took her in a different direction. So she's married to uh, Wesley Blake of NXT fame. So go support it. It's, uh, go just search the Sarah Lee... Um, it's the Sarah Lee Memorial Fund on GoFundMe if you would like to support it. So, there you go. In other news, um, WWE Hall of Famer mm-hmm. and former member of the House of Counselors of Japan, Antonio Inoki, passed away last week um, on Friday, I believe. So, um, much respect and love to him and his family. Um, he was of the age of... He, he was 79 years old. 79, thank you. She, he uh, it was weird with his passing and they posted a video on YouTube of like his final message to everybody. It's weird. It just, when you know someone's dying and they're posting their final words in a message, it's like, this is really weird. It's funny. They had to know. They, Oh, I know they had to know, but it's just weird. Like seeing it after the fact. Yeah. It's, it's always a little weird. It's yeah. When you find that kind of stuff or you see that kind of stuff. Cause you're like, cause I think it was like right after it happened. Right. Mm hmm. It was, so yeah, something like that. But much respect to him. Oh, hey, somebody kicked a field goal. How about that? Um. So yeah. So much respect to him and his family. Um. I believe they've already done all the things. They've had the service and everything. So um. Yeah. But like we said, please go donate to the Sarah Lee Fund. Um. Because that would be very appreciated. Yeah. And with that, we're we're going to transition out. Happier news. 
And well, maybe we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to talk about the massive WWE announcing changes that happened today. Uh, Jimmy Smith is officially out. His contract has ended with WWE, and he's moving on. So they shifted the announced teams, especially with um with you know a certain someone being off doing college football for the season. They needed to sort of balance things out a little bit. Uh, Pat, I'm looking at you. So here are the official um teams for the shows. It is believed that Pat will return to SmackDown once he comes back. That is correct. Um, but he's not listed as of right now because he's not there. No, it, it, in the presser it said he will return following you know. So your Raw announced team will be Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves. Mike Grome will be your ring announcer. Byron Saxton and Kathy Kelly, who is returning, yay, will be your backstage commentators. So Byron's moving off, off the announce booth to backstage. So that's good. He should add some... Okay, so what you look at right there, there's NXT. Kathy and Byron were NXT. Mike Grome was NXT. Corey was NXT. That's NXT on Monday Night Raw now. <laughs> I find it interesting that they're moving Kevin Patrick into that position, though. He's been doing a lot of it for main event and stuff, so he's already been doing it. Oh, I know, I know. I just find it really interesting that they're they're moving him into that position because that's a that's a pretty pretty hefty role. Um, and taking over for SmackDown um, will be Michael Cole staying right where he is, and coming up from NXT will be Wade Barrett. They're going to be your announcers. Samantha Irvin will be a ring announcer. Kayla Braxton and Megan Morant will be your backstage commentators. So we still get the feud between Kayla and Paul Heyman. Pog. Always appropriate. Well, we always need it. Um, and in NXT, staying in his position is Vic Joseph, who also just got married. Congratulations um, to Mackenzie Mitchell. Congratulations, who is also staying backstage at NXT. And uh, Alicia Taylor will be your ring announcer. And taking over for Wade Barrett will be Booker T. Why? <laughs> that's that's the question. Why? Why is he taking over? No one needs the shucky ducky quack quack. It it We don't need that on NXT. I don't know how much he knows about the product. Hopefully he's been watching. Hopefully he knows these young kids. Maybe he'll give them some advice. I don't know. It's Booker T, sucker. I mean, they, they have him down there to, I'm sure, one, have the name value, to attract people in for the name value to hear and see Booker T, but also probably to coach him a little bit and help him a little bit because they really like him doing commentary and analysis, and I think they want him to do more of it. And so this is a really good way to sort of let him do more because he'll be doing it once a week instead of once a month at the pay-per-views. So we'll see. I mean, it, it could be okay, right? It, right? It, I mean, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to be positive. Trying trying to trying, be positive. Try, trying to be positive. That's, that's, that's a good thing. It's going to be fine, everybody. It's going to be just fine. Be Booker fine. will be wonderful. It'll be fine. And then taking over major WWE live events will be uh, the dream team of Michael Cole and Corey Graves. Right. So it eases the pressure off Kevin Patrick. doesn't call the pay-per-views or premier live events. Michael Cole will handle that still, and Corey will cover it. for, for the, So you have a Raw and a SmackDown. So that's good. And I think that I think that's fair. I think that's good because you have your key announcers on the pay-per-view and then you have your your actual show commentators which is just a nice overall mix and a nice overall balance. I think it was a little crazy relieving people and having them switch shows and move announcers and everything with the, with what they were trying to do. So having that set core is a very very good idea. It sucks for Michael and Corey because they have to be out there for all 3 hours, but um it's not 7 hours like, you know. Their, their shows have been before. 
Yeah. So, and I'm sure for things like WrestleMania and the longer events, they'll probably be moving people around so that way Corey and Michael can can have a break. Right. Um, right. It also helps like Wade's schedule because who knows what he, if he's available for the for those shows and and such. Yeah. So it it, it helps. It just helps everybody. Mm-hmm. It's it's is good on them. It's it's helpful. But with that, speaking of major WWE live events, we have a premium live event this Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, it is going to be Extreme Rules live on Peacock in the U.S. and on the WWE Network everywhere else, as well as I believe fine pay-per-view providers everywhere. Indeed, this is going to be a very interesting show. Um, from top to bottom, it's well booked. We have lots of stipulations. We have a little bit of a mystery coming into this show where we will go onto the rabbit hole and we are going to save that for the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I promise there is not four pages of notes like there was last time. I swear. There are no notes this time. There are no notes this time. Although I did save my notes from last time just in case I ever have to go back and reference them. Um, <laughs> but... Because it's, it's going to be, something's going to happen to me like, wait, wait, did I catch that? I need to go back and look because I am that type of person. So anyway, let's talk about extreme rules and let's start off with the good old fashioned Donnie Brook, the brawling book brutes versus Imperium. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, it's going to be fun. We've seen it. We saw it um, right after Clash at the Castle. On SmackDown, and it was a fantastic six-person match. And now it's a Donnybrook, which means anything, anything, goes. anything basically goes in this one. They're going to beat the hell out of each other. It's going to be fun tomorrow on SmackDown, and um, it's going to be uh, Sheamus and Gunther, all capitals now, for the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, I'm 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 here for this. I'm down. I won't get to see it because I'm going to be at dinner, <laughs> but I'm here for it. Um, it's it's going to be good. It's gonna, this the six person six man match. They're all good. They're all going to beat the hell out of each other. The amount of chests that are going to be read after this one, whoo, baby. This is going to be brutal. Tomorrow and on Saturday is going to be just absolutely brutal. Like just everybody is just going to go for everybody. Like we already know that Pete, Sheamus, and Gunter are not afraid to get their hands dirty. And then you have the other three, which I think Ridge is not afraid to get his hands dirty. So, yeah, this is this is going to be a whooping. Yeah. On a whooping. Like, if <laughs> just if Gunter and Seamus is any indication, like, any indication of what this could be, it's going to be snug, and it's, like you said, people are going to walk out with just pink and red chests. Yeah, it's going to be Welt City. It's going to be awful. But enjoyable and for us. spectacular. <laughs> yeah, we're going to enjoy the shit out of it, though. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. In terms of who goes over, like, I don't know. And what's interesting about this, right? This feud may be ending soon, but there are more six-mans in, in the in upcoming. Because there's rumors of new talent headed up to, to SmackDown. Mainly, their name is Legato Del Fantasma. Woot. So mix them in with these people, the Brutes and the Imperiums. We could be in some for more Donnie Brooks. Things are going to get really interesting on SmackDown. I'm here for it all. I'm totally here for it all. I I 100% am down for Legato coming in and mixing it up because Legato has a history with Imperium. Legato has a history with at least Ridge and Pete. So I can 100% 
be here, especially if they bring if they bring Legato up as it's supposed to be brought up, which is basically as the badass bitches that they are. And you have Santos roll up being like all mafia boss like, I'm here. I'm so here. Like just let them do what they were doing in NXT and it'll be fine. Yeah. Because like Santos has the machismo to pull it off. Like that's the thing. We've all seen that. Like it's just Santos has nothing else to do in NXT, so it's they have to bring him up. There's no other choice. You have to bring him and the group up because they literally run through everybody. So it makes complete sense that you bring them all up together, you have that group there, and they can be on SmackDown sort of causing trouble. And you have a series of trios as opposed to just like Imperium and Sheamus's group. And now you can you can do more things. Oh yeah. So I mean in terms of who wins, I feel like we all win. I don't think anybody's chest in this is going to win, but in terms of the fans, we all win. Because this is just going to be amazing. This is going to be spectacular. We're going to enjoy the shit out of this. Um So here's how I'm saying it. If Sheamus wins the Intercontinental title on Friday, then they got it like Imperium's got to get revenge on Saturday. But I'm not sure if... I'm not totally sure if Sheamus gets the belt. It would be cool. Like, it would be a big moment for the season premiere of SmackDown to change the championship. Gunther can always get the belt back. I think it's the only one Sheamus has not held, and... Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's the one he hasn't held yet, and we talked about it last month. It'd be cool if he gets it. Like, here's the thing, and I hate to say this, but they are running unlimited time with Sheamus. Um... Yeah, I know he has neck issues. I know that he is not not to be mean, but he is getting older, and they're they've been kind of extending him out as much as they possibly can by putting him in groups and putting him in tag teams to sort of help him along, where he's not having to do everything, but he can still work because he has spinal stenosis and he's getting it treated, and I don't think he's had the surgery yet, and I think he's trying to avoid having the surgery like i think once he has to have it i believe he's gonna be done like it's just i'm gonna get the surgery i'm gonna retire and that's it um and that's me projecting he's never said that but that's just the feeling i get so they keep lengthening him out to with doing what they're doing with him which is incredibly smart um i would like to see sheamus get the ic title just to have it just to do something different just to just really to have the moment for him where he gets that that nice little hey you've won every title on the main roster except for the women's championships congratulations like go you because that is a massive achievement I th- yeah so i'm thinking Sheamus gets the belt on friday imperium gets revenge setting up one more between Sheamus and gunther down the line and i think there's because i think there as a as a group i think there's more value in imperium long-term than there is in the Brawling Brutes short-term. Well, I feel like for Imperium, the next step is to begin to point Gunter at Roman and start to build Gunter towards Roman because Gunter is an asset and he's kind of sort of a detriment because he's so formidable that the there is it's very difficult to have him lose because having someone that that works like he does and looks like he does it has to be kind of a monumental loss pretty much every time because it's just gunter right we all look at him and we're like oh yeah no i don't want to fight that dude and in comparison to the roster like the rest of the roster there's very few people that can kind of really stand toe-to-toe with him and and go against him so it's like 
having him have the IC title is a really smart move. He's got it. He's out there with it. He's defending it. He's defending it with honor. He's bringing prestige to it. But at some point, you can't, you have to move Gunther on from that. And you can't do what you've done with him in the past, which is he holds the NXT title, titles for a while. You know, he's just the eternal champion because that's what they did for him. At some point, he does have to give up the, the IC title. And then you pr- potentially point him at someone like Roman Reigns, who is that other really eternal champion imposing figure. Nobody has been able to take him down. And you have Gunther basically be like, all right, I'll take my shot. And you do that whole feud between Gunter, Imperium, and the Bloodline. Mm-hmm. Because that's the next feud that really I think people would want to see is you have the Bloodline versus Imperium. And the Ring General versus Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, whatever you want to call him. Um, and you just do that thing. So I I could see... Like, here's the thing for me. I feel like Seamus' group needs a little bit of a win. And I feel like if Imperium loses... That it's not Gunter taking the pin. It's one of the other two. Yeah. But you just brought, like, you just reunited the group last month. But you just did. I'm, I don't know. I'm going Imperium. Because I think there's more long-term value right now with it. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Like, I feel like, just for the, like, I love Seamus, and I love Pete, and I love Ridge. But they're not, the way that they're they're doing them right now is they've got them on that, that B level, and that's where they're keeping them. Like because they are because I think Seamus took his run, run at Roman and he lost, and so it's Seamus has kind of been knocked down the peg, and so you can kind of start to rebuild Seamus with the IC title, and you have him do that for a while, and that group do that for a while, and you could have say like you said someone like Legato come up and work with them, and then you move Imperium on to like Roman. So I'll say Imperium wins because Gunter, if, especially if Gunter is going to lose on Friday which we're not saying he is, but if he does lose on Friday, then you need to have him win on Saturday. Like, I hate to 50-50 it, but they have to 50-50 it. They're, that's the only way it makes sense. You can't have him lose twice in a row. No, you can't. Uh, so, Magic 8-Ball does... Do the uh, Brawling Brutes win on Saturday? All signs point to yes to the Magic 8-Ball. Magical Wheel of Fun. Wrestler 1. Wrestler one would be the Brawling Brutes. Alrighty, moving on. Oh boy, this one's going to be interesting. An I Quit match. Edge versus Finn Balor. Okay, it's going to be a good match, we all know that. But it all boils down to who's going to say I quit. Will the Judgment Day figure out a way to help Finn make sure Edge says I quit? Because in a normal situation, someone like Edge won't say I quit. But in this situation, if you decide to get more personal and have his family get involved, say, his wife, where Judgment Day somehow gets a hold of her, and instead of them causing her pain, he quits, that could be a way to get Ed to say I quit. Having Finn say I quit makes him look weak, especially when you're trying to build him and the rest of Judgment Day up so to make this match work it has to get personal it has to get personal but at the same time i'm kind of wondering like where are they going with judgment day i think is the biggest question at this point because they've kind of gone a direction with them like they're starting to steer them but it's mainly centering around Rhea and dominic which is fine 
And you have kind of Finn and Damien sort of playing second fiddle to Rhea and Dominic. And this edge feud has been kind of lingering um, because they've been trying to save it. They've been trying to recover this as much as they possibly can. Um, and it's just sort of there, right? And I feel like, it. number one, this should be it. The, just kind of move them on, all of them, everybody. Just, like, finish the feud with Edge and just move move Judgment Day on to something else and someone else. Which they kind of already started to do that, but just do the thing. Because y'all are trying to get this through, and it's just not working. Like, because they pulled Edge out. And then Edge kind of got... Did he get hurt? Or did they just take him off TV for a while? What, just recently? No, when when they took him out of the group. They beat him down, they took him oh, off they TV. Oh, they, they beat him down and said he was injured. Yeah, so, like, which is smart, you have him sell it, but then it's like he came back, and then they just sort of, it's that, that lingering feud. I like the theory of Beth being involved like that, but I also don't like the theory of Beth being involved, because I feel like Beth would not take that shit. Um, or, I e- do- or even threaten the family. They could threaten the family. Um, I don't know how down they would be for that. But, like, I... Who won at Clash? Was it Edge? Yeah, Edge and Ray. Edge and Ray won? So Edge could technically take the loss here and be okay? Edge has won every significant moment so far. Okay, alright. So if you're trying to make Judgment Day a dastardly heel group, going after the family, even just rolling up to the house like Seth did, and have that footage play and show it that it's live, you can you can get away with Edge saying, I quit, so they, they leave the family alone. Stuff like that. I the think. the other side of that is to make it personal is you you kind of have Finn just absolutely brutalize Edge to the point that he he's unconscious and he can't quit and you have Beth throw in the towel. She comes out because she knows he's not going to quit and she can tell that it needs to stop and so she throws in the towel for Edge and she she quits for Edge. Like you could have her do that um as well. You could. I don't know. I just, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if they're going to go there or not with it. Like, it's a they, new regime, so it's very, very hard to say. Yeah, you don't but, know. You don't know, so it's like, it's trying to figure it out, and you're trying to figure out. Because Edge said, oh, he's not the, you know, this is Morbin Adam, so it's like, that was the first hint of, they're going to try to make this personal. They're going to try to make this personal, let's see if they actually make it personal or not. But, yeah, I say Edge goes over, or excuse me, no, I say Finn goes over. Yeah, I think Finn has to go over in this one. Like, there's just, there's you have to do something with Judgment Day. You're kind of very rapidly reaching that point with them where it's either you split Rhea and Dom off and you let them do their thing because they've got something incredibly good going right now. And then and then you just do something with Finn and Damien or you do something with the whole group. But they need to figure it out. Okay. So you're going Finn. I'm going Finn. Magic April Finn win? It is the slightly so magical wheel of fun. Wrestler one. That is Edge. Mm. What's next? All right. Up next, we have in a what should be a fantastic match, the Raw Women's Championship on the line as Bianca Belair battles Bailey. I believe people are banned from ringside for this. No, I don't think they are. They have. I haven't heard it. Okay. I think she wants some people at ringside. Ah, okay, got it. She wants her people at ringside for that one. Well, you know, she could want to do it all on her own. She could. <sighs> she could do it on her own, but, you know, this is going to be good. So this is tying all the way back. That's how Bailey got injured, they're, they're saying, was during the, the spots a year ago with the ladder. Um, 
And yeah, it's just, this is going to be the opportunity to see how healthy Bailey is, how she's recovered, and this is the first ever women's ladder match, I believe. Like straight up women's ladder match for the Raw Women's title. I think so, yes. That's impressive. That's incredibly impressive. You have Bianca and Bailey out here making history again. Which go them. Yeah. I, so So Bianca's held the belt since WrestleMania and everyone got mad last year when Bianca lost it at SummerSlam. So we've already we've we've moved goalposts, we've passed SummerSlam. Are we okay with her losing the bell here in October now? Because <laughs> she can't be the forever champion, you know? Because I feel like Bailey needs it to cement the group as now this group has all the power. You know what I mean? I feel like it hurts the group significantly if Bailey loses. Because that kind of goes to show that Bailey is all talk and not necessarily action. Now you have the other two with their tag team titles, so it makes sense that Bailey gets hers, right? Yeah, it makes sense for her to get hers, and this is also a way where Bianca's protected. Because you have many outs. Because you're already teasing Dakota and EO getting involved. Which means Alexa and Asuka will probably get involved. You already have, like, this is not just going to be one-on-one. There's going to be, you know, group shenanigans involved. There's going to be massive levels of shenanigans based on what happened on Monday night with Alexa and her um, issues. Uh, this could be very, very interesting because Alexa could lose her shit here and she could summon the darkness and she could uh, just fuck everybody up. She could. And that's how she costs Bianca Belair the title and they heel turn her at the same time. They, they could or none of that happens, but be, but this also Bianca does not get pinned. And no, that, Bianca does not get pinned. So that is a way to, you never pinned me for the belt. Yes, you won in a ladder match. But you never beat me. So now you've already set up a way to get to the next match, the rematch, when Bailey beats Bianca, where you haven't pinned me for the belt. We can go one more time. Doesn't have to be right away. Could be a crown jewel. Could be could be a day one. Skipping a length of time, I know, because there's Survivor Series in there, and we all figure Bailey's group is going to be in War Games against yeah. Bianca's group. It's kind of where we see things going. But kind you know, of a thing. It's kind of a thing. But with that all notwithstanding i do again it, it solidifies the group with bailey winning we have all the gold and also we i've said this before that before i'll say it again baby faces are better chasing the heel champion yep i think you need to give like bianca has been a tremendous champion and she's a tremendous asset to that company and her losing the title will not change that at all she will continue to be absolutely spectacular but i think i think it's time I think it's time to maybe do the changeover because Bianca is sort of hitting that point where what do you do next with her? Where do you go next with her? She's kind of beaten everybody there is to beat and she's had a lot of really high profile matches. And so it's like, let's let's shift it over to Bailey and Bianca and Bailey can feud for a while. And then you have Becky or excuse me, Bailey feud with everybody because at some point you're also going to get the incoming Becky Lynch. She's going to come back. Mm hmm. Um, which I don't know how long that's going to take, but you could then move Bailey on to Becky. You, you have Bailey versus Oscar, Bailey versus Alexa, Bailey versus Becky, all you know upcoming. Bailey versus um, Candace. There's there's four ma- title matches there you can work off of right right before you even get back to Bianca, which is five. Yeah, that, so that, that's a title reign just in itself, and that's before you switch people around and move the people in different positions. You already have title matches and opportunities lined up for the heel, which we haven't we haven't said that a lot because when 
you were lacking a lot of those talents. Now you have them. Now you have them all slot in great roles because Alexa's healthy, Asuka's healthy, which was missing a year ago. They weren't. They were both injured and out. So now we're, the division is a lot stronger where it was. So it makes sense for a heel to have the belt. And you know, because Becky was didn't have many challenges. She had Liv and 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 Bianca, and that was it. So we're in a, the Raw Women's Division right now, where it stands before any more changes is a good spot, which is why it makes sense for the heel to have it. And since they like to book a lot of shenanigans finishes lately, it makes sense for heels to win by shenanigans a lot. Yeah. You have Bailey's crew come in, cost Bianca the title. Bailey does not want it clean. And that gets you to your, your next match. So I'm I'm gonna go with Bailey. I'm gonna say Bailey's gonna gonna do the thing here. I think Bailey's gonna win the title on, on Saturday. Magic Eight Ball, what do you think? Does Bailey win the title? It is the Siley So. Uh, Magic Wheel of Fun. Wrestler one. Champion retains. Bianca Belair. Mm, okay. All right. Flipping the coin. Let's talk about Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship at a, in an Extreme Rules match. I expect this to be incredibly physical given who's in it. Um, these two have had a very aggressive feud with Liv sort of struggling to find her footing in the beginning. She won the title off of Ronda um, from the Money in the Bank at Money in the Bank. So Liv has been sort of, I think, trying to find her footing as a champion ever since. And I think she's there in terms of coming into herself and finding herself and finding finding that that sort of champion persona that she needs. And I feel like a solid win over Ronda would allow her that sort of prestige that she needs to carry forward. So she she's the only woman to hold two wins over Ronda Rousey in WWE. Both were in different fashions. One was a pin and a tap out at the same time. And one was a clean pin at, at um, Money in the Bank. It's What sucks for Liv is Ronda Rousey is very popular. She <laughs> that That's kind of the thing. So anything, pe- the people will still cheer for Ronda over Liv no matter how much of a baby face they try to make Liv. It's just Ronda Rousey is, a main, is mainstream popular. So you're going to get those mainstream fans who show up the shows. Well, they'll cheer more for Ronda because she's the legitimate ass kicker than it is a nice girl Liv. So they've tried to give Liv an edge lately, and it's somewhat working because um, they were like, you know, they were t- talking up how you know she may not be aggressive enough to fight her in this extreme rules, and this was her idea to go extreme with, with this the. With the, for this title defense, and she took it out on on uh, Lacey Evans, where she whacked her with the the kendo stick, and then did the whole dive through the table, which was very nice. So I would expect to see that again on on Saturday, a nice big dive off the top rope through a table, get a big pop from the crowd. Live losing is not it's not a bad thing if she loses. Um, I sit here and I think, does Ronda really need the belt? And that's I don't think she does. Like. That's that's the really that's the really tricky thing with this is like it's it's very easy to put the title back on Ronda and do the thing with Ronda, but they're trying something with Liv. They're trying to make Liv work, and she's kind of working and she's kind of not working. It's tricky. It's tricky, and it's very and a lot of it for me with Liv has to do with her overall look because part of it is she's. She's never really gotten away from what she was doing in the Riot Squad. 
she's she's kind of sort of punked it up a little bit. She's thrown some latex in there, but she's never really character-wise in some ways gotten away from what she was doing in the Riot Squad, which she was, I'm going to say it, very subby in the Riot Squad. And they try to give her an edge, and they try to make her more forceful, and they try to make her more dominant. And it doesn't 100% work with her, because she somewhat lacks the, basically the chutzpah to pull it off. Like, the thing with Rhonda, with the reason that it works, is because it's how she carries herself, and it's how she acts. Liv, Liv tries to do that, but you can kind of see through it, because it's somewhat not genuine. Versus Rhonda, where she has that intimidation factor because she needed it in UFC and she understands that she needed it in UFC. So she has to be, Gur, Arg, I will murder you in the face. She could be a complete cinnamon roll outside of the ring, but it's when she's doing business, it's, I'm going to fuck you up. Because that's what's been drilled in her entire life from, yeah. from judo to UFC to now. Yeah. So it's like Liv doesn't necessarily have that. So she's trying, but she doesn't necessarily have that. The thing is, is if you put it back on Ronda, I don't think it really does anything for the division. Because I, I, I don't know who, like, okay, going back to what we were just talking about, I don't see the challenges for her. Yeah, I'm trying to sit here and think of who would fight her, and the answer is, is I don't know. Um, Like, it's just, it's putting the title back on Ronda to put the title back on Ronda. I'd rather see it stay on live and it go to someone else. And you move Ronda on to maybe being in a tag team with Shayna or doing something else where you're still utilizing Ronda, but she's not in the title picture. Um, yeah, so the guys on Sunday were talking a lot about Ronda versus Shayna as a match. I don't no. want to, like, they want her, like, like I know Ronda's, like, been poking at her, like, you know, let me know when you want the real Shayna to show up and all the, the stuff, but it's like, poke her to be a tag team partner, because they've been teaming on the, on the live events. And it's like, I want to see that. I want to see EO and Dakota versus Shayna and Ronda rather than Ronda versus Shayna. Kind of want to see that as, as a team. And if you want to put belts on, on Ronda, put the women, want put instant credibility, put Shayna and, and Ronda as your tag champs in, down the line. Yeah, it sets something up for, for that because it's sort of that unfulfilled promise of the four horsewomen in WWE that we never got where they brought all of Rhonda's girls in and then they never really did the thing because Rhonda decided she wanted to go off and have a baby, which is perfectly fine. But that sort of left everybody else in limbo. And now that Rhonda's back, Shayna is the only one that's left and they have not really done a lot with Shayna Baszler on the main roster. So it's, yes, put them together, do the thing, let them be a dominant tag team. Um, and let them go into that division while leave the title with Liv. Um, cause I'm looking at the SmackDown women's roster and it's like you have, I guess you have people that could go against her. Be, be, okay. Cause here's the thing. Rhonda's a baby face or a heel. I don't know. So it's hard to pick challengers. You got Raquel and Aaliyah who are a team, but, and, and Shotzi and they're all trending baby face. You don't have a heel. Well, there is a certain someone. Yeah, I was just going to get to her. So that was out in limbo. And that would make more sense why you keep the belt on Liv to do Liv and Woo Girl rather than go back to Woo Girl and Rhonda. Yeah, because I don't think that does anything for anybody at this point. Um, and no, don't put the belt back on Woo Girl. You use Woo Girl to build up Liv. Just, just putting that out there. 
yeah, you you build live back up using Charlotte, and you don't yet because nobody I feel like wants the title back on Charlotte. No, 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 no offense no, no, no. to Charlotte, but we're all still a little tired of it. Yeah, I like how I was going woo girl. You was like, no, Charlotte's just Charlotte. Um, it's being subtle. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like that's the problem. Raw has Raw right now has a good mix of women. SmackDown needs to define roles. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at it. And I'm like, man, SmackDown. SmackDown needs a little help. Like you got Lacey, you got Shotzi, you got you got some you got some names, but Lacey's the real only true heel, and they kind of been off and on pushing her and been mix of gimmicks, and they haven't because she came back at the wrong time between regime change. So it's like. You gotta figure out who and what she is, and that's not really sure. You got Natty, but Natty's Natty. We love her to death, but it's Natty. And she's there to put everyone else over. You got Shayna, who's a heel, and we already did live in Shayna, so... And again, I don't want to see Ronda and Shayna as a thing. I'd rather see them as a group. So, yeah. And I know Hunter will have some talent. There's there's talent in NXT, and like they gotta focus on what Raquel is. Again, you gotta make... You gotta define roles, and I think... Over time, we're going to get that. I think Raw's been the focus because you've had Raw's three hours, SmackDown's two hours, and you've been building group warfare on Raw, so SmackDown will get probably its fair shake of it in the weeks to come because once he figures out, okay, we got Aaliyah, we got Raquel, we got this person and that person, we're going gonna to figure out because you got re- you got to build some of the girls on SmackDown. And we can trust on her because he knows how to build a women's division. We've seen it once. We're seeing it now. Everything will be yeah. fine. Everything will be fine. SmackDown is still kind of in a rebuilding phase a little bit um, because SmackDown had Sasha and Naomi, and that is still out in limbo in terms of what is going on there. There could be developments. We don't know. But Sasha and Naomi were really supposed to be the the base for SmackDown with Ronda and Liv, and that's just not happening. So Yeah, because if you think about the vision, it's just... Uh... Discount Liv because she came over late, but if Sasha, Naomi, Rhonda, just those three, then you add Liv and Charlotte. There, that there's, and then you add the other and Natty, and then you have the other girls like Raquel in there and Aaliyah and just those names. Mm-hmm. Now you're building a division, but without Sasha and Naomi and Charlotte still out, you're missing some key talent. Yeah, so they they're in a rebuilding phase. We'll see what they do because you can always bring challengers up from NXT. But with that being said, I'm gonna say Rhonda. Or excuse me, I'm gonna say live. I'm sorry, my bad. Live, live. Brent, she said Rhonda. No, um, going live. I'm not paying attention. I'm looking at the SmackDown women's roster and I'm just scrolling it, and it's like Rhonda's picture came by. And it's like, no, wait, wait. Magic eight ball, Rhonda. Yes, definitely. Magical wheel of fun. Wrestler one. So one would be the champion, Liv Morgan. Alrighty. The match that my ovaries does not need in any way, shape, or form. But here we are. A strap match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross With Scarlet in tow. At ringside. Hopefully not shooting fireballs. Okay. So, this is the first real test to see what Karrion Cross is. Because this is the first big match they've put him in. He's had one or two matches on... I think he's only had one match on SmackDown. Maybe two. So far since returning... But this is the big one. This is the one they've been building since right after SummerSlam when he returned is Drew and Karrion. It's interesting. It's a strap match. Guys on Sunday were trying to figure out whether it's the corner one or it's the pin one. I assume it's the pin one just based on the physicality of the match. Um, Because 
I like the one, idea of the pin one, but uh, the the four corner one, but uh, they've they've ruined it when they were trying to add lights and then things like that and try to oh, oh hey they this person touched it, it got too over the top gimmicky compared to like the basis of what the match was in in the eighties and nineties where you touched the corner they got over it, too, it went too too high end production so I'd keep it as we're going to be linked together we're gonna beat each other's ass we're gonna whoop one another with a strap. The backs of both men are going to be beat to shit. Um, Karen has to go over just to establish him right now. I know Drew's coming off the major loss at the, at the Clash, the castle, but Karen needs to win, right? I feel like it's hard because you, you had Drew lose at Clash, and we all want nice things for Drew McIntyre. I'm just going to say it. However, they have to do right by Karrion here. You have to establish Karrion here, especially as the monster that you want him to be, because he is another credible challenger for Roman Reigns at some point down the line. To have Karrion lose after so soon after returning kind of puts him back where he was when he came up on the main roster, which they had him as NXT champion get jobbed out to Jeff Hardy in literally 60 seconds or less. And the internet was furious, as they should be, because that was ridiculous. Um, So you kind of have to, and then we're not even going to talk about the other, the run with the gladiator gimmick, gimmick where he got fired in like 30 days. Um... So I feel like you have to cleanse the palate of that and you have to reestablish Carrion in that role. Drew is a very odd choice to do it with um, simply because if you want basically Carrion smash, you build up to someone like Drew and they really haven't. They have, but they haven't because he's been beating up jobbers and whatnot. But like Drew is Drew, right? It's Drew McIntyre. He's the, he's the chosen one. He's the... The former WWE champion. So it's a credible win. And Drew can take a loss. He took the loss to Roman. And no one. It hasn't affected him. Other than he's out for revenge. But Karrion needs the win to establish. Okay. Everything you just said. All those. Wipe the palette clean. You have to start anew. You have to make him look. Okay. Here's Karrion Cross. Here's what he was done. Basically we've hit the reset button. He's now. We're going back a year. He's coming off the NXT championship run. Now. Here we are. We've skipped the Jeff Hardy stuff. We skipped the Gladiator. We're now continuing on from that point because the this whole last year didn't matter because Hunter reset everything back to two years ago <laughs> before the pandemic. Right. Um, he's sort of like, hey, here we go. We're resetting, resetting the wheel. I think we're in a position now where Karen gets established. Now you, now again, we just talked about it in the last one, defining roles. Carrion Cross heel bad guy, Drew McIntyre face. We're now dividing sides, and you need credible heels for the eventual loss of Roman Reigns as a champion to now challenge for the a face champion, whoever it may be down the line. So, build a, a big win here does a lot down the road. I think this is a good win for it would be a good win for Carrion. I think Drew can eat it and get his revenge down the line. In some sort of match at, at Crown Jewel or where, wherever they choose to do the next one. And again, it's a gimmick match. It's not going to be a clean one. He could choke the life out of him with the strap in the cross lock or cross jacket, whatever it's called. All that's in play. That That's my thought. I'm going with Carrion. I have to go with Carrion. As much as I love Drew, I you need to establish Carrion Cross. You brought him back for a reason. You need to, you need to fulfill... <laughs> 
you need to fulfill Carrie's destiny, okay? You just have to do it. That's just it. Like, just, Hunter, do us all solid, wipe away the past, once and for all, and make give Carrie what he deserves. Give him the win he deserves. So, Carrie Cross. Badging a ball, Drew. Ask again later. So, we'll spin the wheel of phone. Wrestler 2. Wrestler 2 is Carrion. Uh, so that means we gotta ask... Somebody else. Magic 8-Ball. True? No. Carrion. Mm. There you go. Alright. And last, for the matches, in a fight pit with your special referee, Daniel Cormier, you have Matt Riddle taking on Seth Rollins, and good God, Seth is going to get his ass handed to him. At least that's what we all hope. So they've gone the route of making things personal between the two men. They did it leading up to the match at Clash of the Castle, and they've continued it on, on Raw, where they kind of poke the bear a little bit more. They've done a really good job of Seth Rollins won back at the Clash, didn't want the match, Riddle forced his hand. Riddle kept forcing his hand, until Seth gave in. Now we're in a position where Seth now has to find a way out of an ass-kicking. The wrinkle is Daniel Cormier, former UFC's champion, in the cage as the ref. Does he screw... <laughs> you gotta figure... It was a weird choice that Daniel Cormier has thrown in. It makes sense from a, you know, an MMA standpoint where you want to make it feel like oh, this is a legitimate fight and you put a legitimate MMA fighter in there, even though Ken Shamrock was like, put me, me, can I, can I, can I do the thing? Please, please, look at me. They're like, no. Um, <laughs> they went with someone people know in 2022, in Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier has been a longtime wrestling fan. He mentioned it on, um, on, on Raw where he was at you know, the WrestleMania and stuff like that. He's been this punk fan and he's always wanted to get involved. Are with Crown Jewel looming and big money attractions, right? Mm-hmm. Is Daniel Cormier going to be involved in that situation? Are we going to see a match with Daniel Cormier? Is it going to be Cormier versus Riddle or Cormier versus Rollins or Cormier versus Brock? Who knows? But I feel like here you can't pull out Brock. What do you mean? Like. No, I'm talking you about... You can. For, like, for, just purely for money, you can. But, like, for in terms of Cormier, the more intriguing fight would be, like, someone like Seth or someone like Matt. Especially someone like Matt, because he has the MMA background. They could utilize it oh, for yeah. once and actually have him show up and show out. Now, that, that leads to a whole separate question of, is UFC fixed? And it probably is. But, no offense to anybody over there. But you have a staged UFC fight or an exhibition fight in WWE with Daniel Cormier and Matt Riddle. That's somewhat interesting. Or you just have Daniel Cormier kick Seth's ass at Crown Jewel. Like, they've been trying to lure Cormier in. This is a way to sort of get him in and utilize him and have him be a part of the product and see if he wants to stay or not. Yeah, and bring, for going back to the Brock thing, Brock and Cormier has been the thing that they were trying to do in UFC and never, never happened. So it happening in WWE could, would make financial sense, but I would say Seth Rollins versus Corey as a, as a you know or Riddle as a first off, and then you go to Brock as the attraction to see if he gets his feet wet and stuff like that. I'd be all for it. I'm just I just wanted to throw names and, and see where the speculation ran with that because I th- there's there has to be more to like the story because it's not like oh it's one and like Daniel Cormier coming in is like huh that's an interesting choice. 
it feels very like here's the teaser leading to something. The other wrinkle, right, is what mm-hmm. happened. What they mentioned on on Raw was Seth is getting a U.S. title match. So Seth losing and then getting title match and then may possibly winning said title on the season premiere of Raw, it would send. It it wouldn't look like right if he lost and then won a belt. You know what I mean? Like you want to have. Especially with the new regime, you want momentum and wins, losses, sort of like carry you to something. So I could see Cormier screwing Riddle, putting them in a position of doing something, and Seth get then going forward and winning the U.S. title on Monday, and and you go from there. Cause, so like that's the that's the, the thing hanging in in the match in terms of who's winning, and losing. It's like Seth winning would make sense, so we can go fight for a title. Riddle winning would been make them add them fifty fifty, because Riddle lost. At Clash. I don't know. I'm thinking Rollins wins because I'm not sure. I'm not sure where Riddle fits in the game plan right now in terms of hierarchy because he's being pushed, but I think there are other baby faces ahead of him. People like Johnny and Kevin who are going to be more of the priority. And I think he takes one step back in the pecking order as a baby face they're pushing, but I think he's lowered down the down the chain because he's already done the Roman match and can't get the Roman match again. Yeah, until Roman loses that title, Riddle's kind of kind of done, kind of toast, which is interesting. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where he fits in either. There is another side to this that we're not talking about and we're not lo- looking at, and that is the very strange relationship between Seth Rollins and the Judgment Day, and how they have been somewhat assisting each other in terms of dealing with Ray and dealing with Matt and could the judgment day somehow play a factor in Seth's match where they they help him somehow either they beat down Riddle before the match somehow they interfere they get in the cage they do something like that that could be a way to get out of it i feel like there's a lot of screw finishes though on the show already potentially and so adding one more i i don't know if that's going to be wise but if, that could be a possibility as well if cormier wasn't the ref yes with cormier as a ref i don't think they're going to go like i don't know if they're going to add like his role would be to keep them out you know what i mean but that's what that's what you do is you have Cormier trying to keep them out, and then you have Seth pull something screwy, and that's how he fucks over Riddle, so Riddle doesn't lose clean. Because I feel like Riddle losing clean, that hurts him. So you have Riddle kind of lose in a somewhat screwy fashion, and then you can move him on from there, but... I think Cormier is the one who screws Riddle about before Judgment Day would. It could be, yeah, but I don't know who wins. Like... It's it's naturally geared for Matt to win because it's a fight pit, right? Like, and it's a wrestler, it's a professional wrestler, I should say, versus a trained MMA fighter. So, in a trained MMA fight, that would trend towards Matt Riddle being able to take out Seth Rollins in relatively easy fashion. Although, the last fight pit we saw with Matt Riddle... He lost. That <laughs> should be something to note. <laughs> which that is, the last is, one he did, he lost. It was against Timothy Thatcher. But he still but lost. It he also, still lost, but that was really good. It was really good. I, yeah. I'm going Rollins over Riddle. Because I think we're on the road to building Seth for bigger and better. And I think Riddle is going to be status quo for a while. Probably. Yeah, I can buy that. Let's Let's go with, let's go with Rollins on this, I guess. 
magical uh, eight ball riddle, most likely riddle. Wheel of fun. Wrestler two. That would be Seth Rollins. All right, so that's our show for tonight, everyone. So uh, you can go leave your picks facebook.com slash group slash Wild Talk Radio Network. You can tweet them at Wild Talk Radio. You have until about Saturday at mm, four, five, six, something like that to get your picks in. So we're done, right? We're done. We're done. We're done. We're not done. What? Whoa! Oh, we're not. No, because we have to go. We have to go down the rabbit hole. Oh yeah, the rabbit hole. Oh. The rabbit hole. The infamous white rabbit that has been haunting us for weeks and weeks and weeks, and is so stupidly well done. I hate them for it. Like bravo, everybody involved. All right. So the white rabbit could show up anywhere in this show. Anywhere. Literally. It does not matter. They could even do the reveal off air and people would still be excited about it because it would hit Twitter and everybody would lose their shit. Um, however, we would all want to see it on TV. Please. Thank you. It could be anywhere in the show and it could be anybody. Literally anybody. I think we all assume at this point that it is Bray Wyatt. All the clues. All the teasers. Weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of it. All the investigation points to Bray. Relatively consistently. There have been a couple of wild hairs that have gotten in there, such as Joe Gacy and Alistair Black. Um, but for the most part, it has tended to trend towards Bray Wyatt um, or Wyndham Six, as he's currently known. And it's been a lot of clues recently about the Funhouse and the betrayal above Alexa to Bray. And we're starting to see Alexa go dark again, which indicates that a darker presence could be returning because Alexa's whole evil presence was fueled off of Bray Wyatt in The Fiend. And as he went away, his presence lessened and so she was eventually released from that whole persona. Now she's starting to go back. We saw that on Monday with the teaser and then with how she she did everything. As she start, She's starting to revert back to who she was. She did not have Lily, which Lily was introduced... And now she doesn't have Lily, so has Lily gone back inside Alexa? We don't know. But there's those clues as well. So, it could show up anywhere. It could show up in the fight pit with Cormier and Seth and Riddle, because there's obviously Matt Riddle's ties to Randy Orton. Randy was Bray's last opponent. You have Bray's connections with Seth. Some of the QR codes have showed up with Seth. Um, so it's entirely possible Bray could show up there, or I shouldn't say Bray, the White Rabbit could show could show up there. Um, the obvious one would be Alexa, the match with Bianca. Um, Alexa could be out there. The White Rabbit could show up. It could be Bray. He could take Alexa. He could mess with Alexa. He could cost Bianca the match. You know, we just don't know. Like, because I have no idea. But the obvious one would be Alexa. They could also do it backstage, but I doubt it. Um, and then the third one could be Karrion Cross. He was a part of the tease, right? He he was a part of the tease, the infamous 923 and 923, which I think we all overthought that just a bit. But he was a part of it. There's also the Judgment Day. He could show up with the Judgment Day. There's ties there with Finn. There's ties there with Edge. There's ties there in general. So, I mean, it could, it could be there. I will say this. I don't know how they're going to do it. But I have a funny feeling it's going to be something that we have never seen before and it's something that we're not expecting. If it is, in fact, Bray Wyatt, I do not want him to just walk out. I want them to introduce him in a way that we are not, we're not going to expect and we are going to remember. 
I keep going back to the Jack in the Box. And the reason why is that at WrestleMania over a year ago, almost two years ago now, sad, Alexa and Bray came out with a giant Jack in the Box. And when she took the Fiend away, she trapped him, my theory, in the Jack in the Box. And we never saw the Fiend again. And it was months and months and months and months and Bray Wyatt was gone. And then mysteriously, right before he got fired, he rolled up in the fun house, basically said he had gotten free. At least that persona had gotten free. And, you know, we could expect other things from him at that point. Um, so I would like, because they are making the fun house references, but they are not referencing the puppets. Although there was uh, pigs. I think there's been, you know, we have obviously the rabbit. We have the pigs the big bad wolf, stuff like that. They could be referencing back to the puppets in the fun house in some way, but they have not shown the puppets. Um, but I would like that connection back since we keep tying it all back to that. Um, but I just don't want him to walk out. I just don't want him to just appear. I want it to be something. I want it to be a spectacle. I expect it to be a spectacle if it's Bray. Okay. So you have very high expectations. Yes. Yeah. I'm just going to let you know you have very high expectations. Yes, because they've set the bar. I know they've set the bar. Like, the, the the White Rabbit teasers, the way that they have done this, sets a very, very high bar for how they're going to do this reveal. I, I don't think it needs all of what you think it needs right now. I think we can get the explanation after. We can get the explanation after, but it's more I want it to be... Like, that's my own personal theory, and that's what... I would like to see, but it's, I ultimately, I want it to be a spectacle and I want it to be, I want it to be a career defining moment for Bray. If it is him where it's, he has this almost triumphant return to WWE after being fired for no apparent reason other than Vince McMahon wanted to be a dick. Um, Where he has that triumphant moment. He has that big return because this return is different than many of the other returns that we have seen because Bray Bray was the one that made no sense. Like you could almost justify everybody else that they're like budget cuts and this and that and the other, even though they're out there posting record profits, you could almost mentally justify it. When they fired Bray, who was one of their top acts at the time, who was bringing in a shit ton of money for the company and they fired him because they just didn't want to deal with him anymore. It was kind of one of those things that you sit there and you're like, what? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And everybody was angry and everybody was pissed off. And everybody for like a year later, over a year later at this point, has been clamoring for Bray. And one of the first things, one of the first things that happened when Hunter took over, when when that hit the internet, was when is Bray Wyatt coming back? Because I think we all universally accepted that as long as Vince McMahon was in charge, Bray was not going to come back. He just wasn't. They weren't going to do it. So it's like with the new regime change, it's how long is it going to take to get Bray? When does he come back? Kind of thing. And, and, now, and, we, and now we know when he's coming back. Well, we think we know. We think we know. But we're not. I'm not fully buying in. You're not buying in until until the moment happens. I understand that. But let me tell you what I think is going to happen. Okay, it's going to let. Dumb, but okay. Go. No. Finish. Go ahead. Then. Finish. No. Go no, ahead. No. Finish. The thoughts. Not. No. The thoughts gone. Go ahead. Okay. Because I see things a little bit differently than you on this one. I think you're going to be let down. Well, of course I'm going to be let down. But I think we've already seen what it's going to be. 
and it will still be impactful. I think we're going to see what we've been seeing that we haven't seen. I think everybody in the arenas that have gone to the shows for the last three weeks have seen what was going to happen. We're going to get the music. The the what, what's the what's the song again that they've been using? The, uh, Jefferson Airplane. Um, the White Rabbit song. White Rabbit, yeah. By Jefferson Airplane. We're going to get that right. The red light's going to kick on, and the anticipation we build. And he just walks out, and he looks like a rock star. Because if you remember the Fiend entrance, he came off as a rock star. I want to see that again. Not as the Fiend, though. I want Bray Wyatt. Yeah, it's not going to be the Fiend. Like, whatever whatever we see, it will probably not be the Fiend full scale. Um, it's going to be something different. I See, I just can't buy him just walking out because... <laughs> you want more. You want, you want the story. I want the story, but it's uncreative. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. It's the most... In the way that they have done this, where they have, from a marketing standpoint, inadvertently or purposefully created a giant scavenger hunt where they have legit screwed with the internet for, what, a month with this? Mm -hmm. Where you have people looking into source code and calling record stores in Corbin, Kentucky, and you have people scouring, you know, Googling and doing all these things to look through all these these teasers and find all these clues it is so incredibly cerebral the way that they've done this the way that they've made this interactive the way that the internet has just latched onto it right that bray wyatt if it is him just appearing just like walking out is just sort of da 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 there he is, right? Like, it's just, it's so uncreative because I feel like they aren't just going to present him. I feel like it's, he's going to turn up with someone. My money's on Alexa. Whenever we see Alexa, that's when she's going to show up because they, they directly connected to teaser to her Monday night. That's the thing is it's always shown up around Alexa or around Seth. And then Monday night, they had one teaser with Alexa. And then when they were doing the contract signing with Bianca, they had the, the same teaser, but it was a QR code with Bianca. So I think that's the direct hint of where it's going to turn up, which is the Bianca match. Because it could be that if it is, in fact, Bray, it's going to turn up in the Bianca match. Here's the other side to this. As we say, the White Rabbit could literally be anybody. And there's two sides of this equation with Bray Wyatt. The other is Alexa Bliss. It's and could it be the return of the dark character of Alexa Bliss? Where they're going to go back to that and they're going to make it work this time. Because literally after Bray got fired, they were just like, meh, with it. She's, like they, she's been clamoring to return to Dark. She wants to go back and do it because she enjoys it. She's good at it. Like, we all love cute, happy, sparkly, baby face Alexa Bliss. But Alexa Bliss's main wheelhouse is being a heel. She's incredibly good at it. And she found just a wonderful character to do on WWE TV and with Bray Wyatt. And it was incredibly creative and it was very different from anybody else. Now is Rhea Ripley kind of doing what Alexa was doing? Yeah. She's got the makeup and she's got the latex and she's got all the things, but she doesn't really have the crazy. And that's what made Alexa stand out. No, <laughs> Rhea's just a dominatrix basically. Rhea's taking over the dominatrix role. It's fine. But the problem with Alexa right now is she doesn't really stand out. And doing the darkness role 
helped her stand out. By the way, the football game is going to end with a score of six and nine. Nice. Maybe. Maybe. Just end it now. Just give us this. We've sat through like a boring ass football game. Just give us the 69. Just do it. Um, anyway, just Matt, just stop. Matt, stop. Matt, Matt, stop. Okay. Anyway, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, everybody. Just Matt Ryan. Not Matt in chat. Sorry. Um, anyway, so like, but you could have the return of the dark evil Alexa Bliss because they are tying it directly to her and they are tying it directly to the Bianca match. She will likely be involved in it. Um, as we saw Monday night, she started to basically lose her shit Monday night where the old Alexa returned in a way. And she's sort of all that therapy that she had is beginning to wear off. And she's starting to return to that. So it could be that it's not Bray Wyatt, that it could be the return of Alexa Bliss in the dark evil form. It could also be something to do with Karrion Cross. Again, they could, it could be him. It could be Finn Balor, uh, the return of the demon, because the demon was teased in there at one point. Um, like, it literally could be anybody. I think all of us want it to be Bray very, very much. Like, the Samson and Delilah stuff on Monday tends to lean towards either Bray or Alexa, one of the two. Um, but they've had red herrings, and they, you just don't know. Can we go back to Alexa really quick? Yes. Could be that's what he's searching for. He's searching for her. He's his the white rabbit. She's the white rabbit that he is searching for. That I could don't be, think so. It could be, though. It could be. But you, you keep mentioning Alexa going evil, right? Mm-hmm. I don't... Which would then turn Bray into a heel, correct? I don't want that. Because I don't think the fans want that. I think for now, whatever Wyndham, Wyatt, Rotunda, Harris is, has to be good. Has to be a baby face. Well. Because the crowd, no matter what, the crowd is going to cheer him for the next few months. Whatever he does, he's, he could, whatever he's doing, he's going to be over. It's just, that's the way it's going to have to be for now. No matter, like, Bailey coming back, she was able to get them to be a heel. But they had a, you needed other allies to make that work. For the first couple months, he's going to be cheered in any building he walks into, no matter how evil and vindictive he is, because you want it, everyone wants to see him again. Oh yeah, I'm not saying he's going to be a heel or a bad guy, because when he was the fiend, he was cheered. Right? Like, it didn't matter what he did. He was cheered. So... Despite being the heel. Despite being the heel. So, you can still have him be the heel and he can be cheered. Like, you're just... You accept that. Much in the way that they pushed Roman as a babyface for years and he was booed. Same thing with Cena. They just accepted it and they moved on. The The thing with Bray, especially with what he was doing prior to his departure, was that he really was neither a heel nor a babyface. Because he was actually kind of both. He was a tweener. You had Funhouse Bray, who was kind of more of a baby face, and you had The Fiend, who was more of a heel. And he embodied both. And he did both. And he walked that line really, really, really well. And so if he comes back... Oh, god damn it, they screwed it up. Oh, six bitches. We've had six field goals. Six. Oh six. my god, they just tied the game! No! Yeah. No! <laughs> Six field goals to make it nine. God damn it, Matt! They made Ryan, it. Matt Ryan. No. Okay. Anyway, um, but he walked that line, so he could do that again very, very, very easily. 
um, where you have him. The trouble is he can't quite go for Alexa because obviously you're not going to do the intergender match and Alexa would need somebody to help her. So, but I don't know. Like, I think if he comes back, I've also seen theories that like they're going to have the puppets be the people that are mentioned in the trailers. If he comes back, I want him to be by himself. I want him to come back and at most have the puppets at most, but I don't want him to be aligned with any sort of stable. I want him to be singular. I want him to be alone because he needs to be. He needs to be alone off the, off the rip, but I can see down the line, depending on what the character becomes, whether we go back to more of a cult style, Bray, where he gets minions, but it's not going to be a carry. You can't put Bray and carry in together. It doesn't work. No, you can't. As much as your evil darkness desires one people, they're two forces that are, that don't work together. Reuniting him with Braun doesn't work because Braun's no longer in, no, Braun has surpassed the character he was playing with Bray. He's not, he is an individual now. He's not subservient to Bray Wyatt anymore. He's broken away from that mold. So having that character revert, isn't good for business. You have if you're going to give him people, you need them to be a step below because Bray is the attraction, which is why Harper and Rowan worked because they made Bray the attraction and they were the heaviest for him. They fed to him. They they always looked to him. He became the star. That's kind of how the works cuz with anything you do with Bray. Bray is the focal point. Everyone else has to be step back. That's how real good stables work, which is why Judgment Day is a little off, because you have Finn and Damien, like, on the same level. One's not better than the other, so, like, you need kind of... Like, that's why the horsemen work, because they were always... Flair was the guy, and Arn was the enforcer, and then you had Tully, you know, whoever else you mixed in were always the step below. They were really good, but they were a step below. Flair was always the focus. Why Evolution worked when, when it was at when it was peak... Hunter was the Flair role, where he was the top guy. Flair fed to him. Flair went with him, worked him to be the guy. He was the manager second. You had Randy and Batista as the heavies. That's how good stables work. You have the star, and then you have the secondary. Like, that's kind of, like, how it works. Like, when the original DX, Sean was one, Hunter was two. That's kind of how all that worked. And then Hunter became one when Sean went out. Stables work when you have the focal point. And Bray's, Bray has to be the focal point in anything he does because he's just a rock star presence in anything he does. Which is why it's always weird when he got fired because he's the attraction. I know there was an interview with Seth and Seth said people who've worked with Bray, the character, not the person, always came out came out not like looking great. Like Brian had was good with him, but like a lot of the... Like, we all saw the repercussions of it and how think people change and how things were different for them. It was because of how Vince, like, thought the creative would be. It's not Bray Wyatt the person. It was the creative that they were given coming out of it because Bray was such a... Especially with The Fiend, was a dominating personality. It had to be because it was a monster. It was an indestructible monster until he had to be burned to death. Like, that's kind of how that goes. So whatever happens on Saturday... Damn it being Saturday... Um, wish papers were on a Sunday, Brent. Um, especially this week. Wouldn't have been nice. Um, he has to make a presence felt. Like, I get your point of, like, trying to... We need more than just him. 
walking out, but I think him walking out, the reaction's going to be grand and gra- it's gravitas. It's going to be spectacular. Like, I Oh, yeah, a- no, there's there's I- no question. Whatever... Whatever the payoff to this is, it's going to it's going to get a reaction. Like the lighting itself is getting a reaction where people are chanting for Bray. Like, the, like that's the thing. They they're, they're in the building when they play the song and they bring the lights up. Like and that, they're red. Yeah, they just go. It's an eruption like you don't see. It's like, but I have this vision in my head of them being this rock star coming out, and it's just like it's an entrance. I don't know where you go with him. I know you put him on Mondays because you don't need him on Fridays because. If you're deb- if you're gonna have Brawling Brutes, you're gonna have the Bloodline, you're gonna have Legatos, you're gonna have Carrion and Drew and stuff like that. He doesn't need to go on SmackDown because there's no room to grow on there. There's nothing to there's no toys to play with, you know what I mean? Because that's kinda like we're gonna build tag teams and we're gonna go we're, and they're two hours, there's not enough room to like grow it. On Raw you have room to like tell a story and like grow the character again and reestablish him. For what he is, because, put, and especially if you put him on SmackDown, he's got to go to Roman. Like, that's kind of like A to B, Roman, go right there. So you got to keep him away from from that, the bloodline, because that's a, that's a feud for down the, down the road in a year, because Bright doesn't need the belt. Do not focus, like, whatever Bright is now doesn't need the belt. He needs to... Bright needs revenge. Yeah, he needs to be a revenge seeker, and that's where they messed up with the Fiend beginning. Originally is, he was red hot... They went belt. They didn't need to go belt. Well, they did and they didn't. Like, but it. They went early to the belt. Is what I'm saying. They went too early. And then they had him lose to Goldberg, and then he got it back. But yeah, so like that's like that's kind of where things went. You have Bray go on this. If it again, if it is him, stipulating that if it is him, it is. Um, not not believing it until I see it. You you have him go for revenge. You have him come back. And you settle him in with someone. Obviously, the first person naturally would be Alexa, but you also could have him go for Riddle, and that could be where you point Riddle as a way that Bray just starts going for Riddle to draw Randy back out because Randy, Randy's still hurt, isn't he? Yeah, and there's a lot of worry about him, so I don't know. So you could go there with it. You could go with Seth, where you kind of have Bray go for Seth. Um, Edge would be new. You could do Bray and Edge, you could do Bray and Finn, where Bray just rolls up and kind of maybe murders part of the Judgment Day. Like, somehow Rhea and Dom get away, but Bray just kind of shows up and he's like, oh, you're trying to do the darkness thing? That's cute. Here, let me just, you know, like, that could be a thing. Like, there's, they could literally do anything with him and make it work. Like, that's the thing, because Bray Wyatt, in his tenure there, pretty much has a beef with everybody. He's sort of fought everyone, so you can easily go back and reference that history. Carrion would be new, but he's on SmackDown. Edge would be new. Um, Damien would be new. So you do have some new things there, but you could you could find him something to do. But the, the key is finding him something to do or already having it and just going right into it. Like, don't bring him back and then have him linger like they have in the past with him. You bring him back, you have a purpose, and you point him at it. I, and I don't think the point. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say that I don't think the point of a purpose is going to be on Saturday where we're going to know it. I have a feeling, and this is just coming to my head right now. Baron Corbett is going to be in the ring. He's going to shit talk Philly. Lights go down. Music hits. The rabbit music hits. Big rock star. Bright lays out Baron Corbin. Big, big. I know. I know you don't like that. I'm just go. Just 
go with it for a moment. And that's how you, he's back. He gets to do something physical. He lays out the heel and done. I could, that's WWE booking. I can see them doing it. Do I want but that? But this isn't WWE though. I, I know that, but I'm just saying that's what could happen. And I don't want that. I don't want any of that. I'm just throwing it out there as something that I could see them doing. <laughs> you know? I, I feel like if you do the song, because here's, here's my one issue with the song, right? The one issue with it is that they have never played it on TV. They have never acknowledged any of this. But we, right? all, but we all know it. But it's, as I keep saying, it's a secret between the white rabbit and the audience. It's that invisible thing that's going on in the background that nobody's really like acknowledging or talking about in terms of the announcers or any of the wrestlers. It's just happening. It's that's, it's a fourth wall break between the audience and WWE in terms of the storytelling. It has never been publicly acknowledged. We never, we never hear the announcers say, Oh, where's the QR code going to show up this week? Oh, they just showed the white rabbit. Like we never hear any of that stuff. That never happens. Not once in this entire time that this has been going on. The only acknowledgement has been on WWE's The Bump. Where they've talked about it. And they've done it on social a little bit. Uh, Yeah, I think it was using those clips on The Bump on it to talk about it. That's it. They've done it like once. But like in terms of the televised product, they have never acknowledged it. So that's why it's like I'm kind of against him just showing up and showing out. Because... It's going for people that are not aware of the song, which at this point, I don't know how you would be aware of the song if you're watching the product, but there are going to be people out there that do not understand the white rabbit reference. They don't understand why they're playing that song. And then you have Bray Wyatt walk out to it. I feel like you have, if you do the song, you start it and then you go into something else with it. That's closer to what people know for him, which is the Mark Crozer song, whether it's the remix that, um, the metal banded or it's the original yeah no i i get that no like you play that music the light goes down and then you hear his music i think that's how you'd like you know what i almost want it where like the way i can see it is like like alexa's in the ring because i want it to be alexa (laughs) clearly (laughs) like just just give me that payoff and no, they never gave me that payoff. She fucking kidnapped the fiend's ass and nobody ever acknowledged it. And nobody was ever worried about it. And he was just gone. Like we never saw the fiend again. I want the payoff. I want the explanation. I never got one with the undertaker. Not once. The Bray Wyatt fucking kidnapped the undertaker. The only person in 30 years to ever do it. Kidnaps the goddamn undertaker. Nobody's concerned. Anyway, I want the payoff to be Alexa. So you have Alexa in the ring. And you have the red light go down and you have her start to kind of go in this trance and the music starts to play. And then you just hear his laughter over the announce, like over the the speakers. Lights go down, building goes black, lights come back up, and there he is. I will accept that because you get the story. I also kind of get the setup. You get the setup kind of, yeah. I also like you can see her like, I don't know how you do it, but like they're warming up, right? She's like cheering on Bianca backstage, right? And she's Bianca's getting ready for her match. And like it's like Bailey and then the crew are out there, like so they're out there already and Bianca's like, You guys your girls are coming with me and then she's given something. Maybe it's a jack in the box, maybe it's something. Like it and she has to go deal with it. So that's your first clue he's in the building. You know what I mean? And that's how you tease it to get to the final payoff. Cause she she needs to get something. How you do it? She needs something. 
is you just have revenge of the ramblin <laughs> and you have her getting ready and she looks in a mirror and there's ramblin rabbit behind her and she turns around and ramblin's gone and she turns back and he's back and then like maybe one of the upper, other puppets is with him and she like gets up and run off and you just have that throughout like the night of the puppets beginning to fuck with her no 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 here here's here's what you do <gasps> no 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 she gets ramblin's head i was going to say when she looks at like instead of looking at like she's looking at down at Lily, it's not Lily that she she sees Ramblin' or Huskus or something in her hand, and then she looks back in the mirror. It's like no, it's Lily, but it's but not. she didn't have Lily. But she's had Lily. But she didn't have Lily on Monday. But she had her little previous week. So I who knows what Lily is at this point? Some weeks she has her, some weeks she doesn't. But like I could see like that's the mind trick of it's supposed to be Lily, but it's Huskus or it's. Ramblin' or Abby or something, you want to play the puppet role. But, like, maybe she gets Ramblin's head delivered to her. I don't know. Like, I kind of almost want it, too, where she's backstage, right? And she's getting the ready, like you say. And somebody walks up and drops it off. Package, and she's, package is being delivered. Package being delivered, and she's not paying attention, and you don't see the face, but you just see the arm, and you just see the tattoos. Because his tattoos are pretty pretty recognizable oh that he's the one delivering the package yeah that he just sort of like walks up behind her and he's not in focus but you see him and then you just see him set it down next to her and you just see like that one hand tattoo of the skull or he's got the gloves on Mm, right the hurt heel gloves and he just puts it down and he he leaves like you don't see him but he's there like that's kind of almost what i want too is like he's he's present and you know it's him but they never give you that full payoff that it's him until they're ready to do the full payoff kind of like you know where we're like we've been seeing stuff in the background where maybe he just walks by or there's like a rocking chair in the background or there's something there's references to him in the background you can't see okay so you can't he can't be seen in the background like the hand thing is cool but then you've already lost the pop. You can't. You need references, but not the physical being, because the physical being needs to be the grandiose pop, first reaction time seeing him. It, it's not like coming back from injury where cool you see the hand and you know he's there. His physical being for the crowd needs to be I'm here in the building. You can finally see me. That's how like you can have references like the chair or. The, or even the lanterns in the background of her, or, or her, or her locker room, or something. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. because I don't know if you go full fun house. Like, you could do lantern, because you can do lantern. You can do a chair. You could do little things like that. The only thing is, they haven't referenced back to that part of his career. They haven't, but again, we don't know. Like, nobody knows what this is going to be, and that's what makes it really, really exciting. But they are purposely referencing back to the fun house and to that whole period yeah the final form of what he was before he left we're again we're going back to the carrying cross the conversation we're resetting back to 2020 (laughs) like we're we're going back the pandemic's over we've we've circled back around so here's bray wyatt he's back he just debuted the fiend (laughs) they're just doing undo 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 like everything vince did undo undo until you can't undo it anymore. Like, this, that's what... No, if you look at it, it, that's what they're doing. That we've reset. Everybody's been reset to a certain point. Hey, Bailey's now back from injury. And now she's had her... Now we have the NXT call-ups like we were doing. And they have a purpose. 
everything. Like Johnny's now. Remember Johnny got called up to the main roster and then went right back down. Yep. <laughs> like we we've now Johnny's up, Tommaso is up, like everyone's up, and like here's new, here's NXT from 2016 on the main roster. <laughs> like Finn is a focal point of the show. Like everything's kind of like we've reset that point from the pandemic era, and now we're here. It's going to be, you know, I'm very frustrated with it because I can't see it. And that's what bothering the shit out of me. I can't see it. <laughs> I have all these thoughts and like what I want to see happen, but I can't see it on Saturday. That's bothering the shit out of me. <laughs> I'll get to see it though. You'll get to see it. I will. I won't because I want to see it. I'm legitimately going to be like 60 minutes away from it. Can't see <laughs> You're going to get the most obnoxious text ever, just so you're aware. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. <sighs> oh, thank God it's over. It's over. The Colts won, everybody, 12 to 9. Seven field goals. Seven. Oh, my God. Twitter, Twitter's been roasting the crap out of this game, by the way. Like, calling it the worst and boring and all this stuff. And people want to do math now. Just get through it. Um. Anyway, whatever happens on Saturday, it's going. it's going to be really cool. No matter what it is, it's going to be a moment that we'll all remember what, hey, remember when you watched this happen? We're all going to have that story. We're all going to remember where you were when you watched Bray Wyatt return to WWE after a year. If if it is, in fact, Bray if Wyatt. It's, it's, yeah. If it's, in fact, Bray <laughs> Wyatt. You're all going to remember where you were when Bray Wyatt returned to WWE. That's the story that's going to be told after that. What happened from whatever happens past Saturday is where we'll see the story on Monday. We'll see him kind of set his path and go from there. And I, with Hunter in charge and new hires, which we'll talk about next week, in charge, they said the key word is long term is a hire they made. Long term. There's visions now. We're going to get points from A to Z now. Not just A to B and be done. We're going to go from A to B to C to D. And this return, they have an idea. Because it wouldn't be happening if they didn't. Because if you've watched WWE TV in the last few weeks with Hunter in charge, how many weeks out are they announcing things and not changing them? Like, they've announced Sheamus and Gunther two weeks ago for this week. Two weeks. They've been booking out matches long-term. Like, we are seeing long-term booking on Raw where... We're, hey, Lindsay, hmm? what is it, when Hunter came back, who was the, one of the first people they brought back to Raw in the men's division? In the men's division. The creepy guy. Dexter Loomis. He's not on this show, but they're building a feud with him for him. They're kind of building a feud off to the side with him in the background, yeah. They brought back Johnny Gargano. He's not on this show, but he's been on a, in a feud, and he's, they built another match for Raw. Like, they're building feuds. They have long-term vision on feuds. They're not just for the premium shows. They're for the TV. And that's cool. So whatever the White Rabbit turns out to be, whether it is or isn't, doing air quotes, Bray Wyatt, on on Saturday, it's going to be a moment. Like, it's going to be a moment where a year from now we talk about, remember when Bray came back at at Extreme Rules? And hopefully it's a positive and it's not a, oh, God, remember when they brought Bray back and we were all so hopeful for it? (laughs) This is an absolute disaster. Like, okay, before we go, because we're get, it's getting late and we've ran it f- almost at forty minutes on this topic already, which is not surprising, by the way, Chad. I like how a lot of people are very positive about the return of Bray, 
but those who observe the rustling have already turned into negative spin Nancys on whatever it's going to be because they gotta be ne- they have to observe it negatively because they're all elite. Suck it. This is gonna be cool. Get on board. Because Tony's running a ship that's going to sink soon. Here's the thing. Okay, thanks. Bye. Here's the thing about this. Everybody has complained. They want something different. They want something new. They want something out there. They want something they've never seen before. Here the fuck it is. Right here. In a month. A month. WWE has lit the internet wrestling community on fire with this. Where, like I said, it's been a scavenger hunt. Everybody's been looking for it. Everybody's been on Twitter. Everybody has conspiracy theories. Everybody is talking about it. And they have done it all without really ever advertising it. It's brilliant. They just plopped a QR code on one of their shows one night, and then they started playing White Rabbit at a live event. Wait, was the White Rabbit the first the White Rabbit was first. They they did it randomly one night. And no one had no idea what it was about. No one knew what it was. They just randomly played Jefferson Airplane, White Rabbit, at a show. Which, if you know the song, is somewhat of an unusual choice to play at a show. Not because of the topic, but because of just the age of the song. They tend When they play music at the shows, they tend to play the licensed music that they have from some of the last pay-per-views and stuff. So the fact that they played Jefferson Airplane, White Rabbit, is really specific. Without a, and vi- then, without a video. Without a video, without anything. They just played it. They just took the lights down, and they just played the song. And it's grown from there. It's grown out of this. And it is some. it is one of the most talked about things right now because it is so incredibly hot. Like, everybody... Raw, SmackDown, NXT, live events. It's what's going on with the right rabbit. What's happening? Where's the clue? The whole thing. Like, and they've done this in a month where you have people out there trying to figure this out, trying to figure out who this is so they can spoil it. Like, that's the road that they have taken us all on. Like, they've hooked us all. And merch. Whether we want, whether we want it to be or not, they hooked us all. They got merch now, too. They got merch now, too. Like, it's a whole thing. But that's that's all I've ever seen is people are like, I want something new. I want WWE to do something different. Here it is. Here it is. And all y'all out there who talk shit about Bray, who hate it on Bray, who are now like, oh my god, I can't wait for Bray Wyatt to come back. Y'all don't deserve him. <laughs> yeah, all bandwagon jumpers. Y'all bet. <laughs> everybody. Day one over here. We're, day we're, fucking one. This show is day one. We got pictures. of pr- We got proof. We got picture proof. I saw him at a show in Salt Lake before he was ever a thing. This is, these are factual statements, by the way. The love is real. The love has been real for a long time. But anyway, but yeah, no. I My hope for this, and I know I will be disappointed, and I don't want to be disappointed because I have tried so hard not to buy in. And I think for the most part, I have succeeded. You, you've been alright, but you, 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 you've started to come around. I, well, it's like I think Monday was the determining. Okay, yeah, it's Bray. Um, because it could be somebody else. But when they dropped the Samson and Delilah thing, it's like, nope, 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 nope. Uh, I know what this is. Okay, all right, we're here. Um, we're here. We're here. Um, but like, I hope this is spectacular. I hope this is something that we all remember. I hope this is what we think it is. Because the other side of this is I think 
pretty much everybody is expecting this to be Bray. Everybody pretty much wants this to be Bray. If this is not Bray, this is going to backfire really super fucking hard. And I don't know how they recover it. I don't know if they can. Because, like I said, this has captured everybody's attention. Everybody's into this. And everybody wants a certain outcome. Now, you could have it be anybody and you could still have Bray Wyatt show up, but that's not the same thing. Everybody wants it to be him. Period. End of discussion. And so I hope for Hunter's sake, because he's appearing on Raw on Monday, <laughs> that it's Bray. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> needs it to be Bray because the, the vocal majority in Brooklyn will tell him, you know, if it's not, we'll hear, we want Bray. We want Bray. Because they have built an expectation for it to be Bray Wyatt. And that's kind of where we're at with it. It's, we need this to be him. He needs to show up. And I have a feeling, at the end of the day, it is going to be him. And everyone will rejoice. Everyone will have their moment. Everyone will be excited. But if you want to hear me rejoice... I'll be streaming live on Twitch during the event. I won't be airing it on Twitch, but I will be live on Twitch. Yeah. And probably you're probably going to mute when it happens because you're going to turn up the sound and you can't play it. (laughs) No, I can always go back and watch it. This is true. Later. Like, that is the beauty of On Demand. I can always go back and watch it later. But in that moment, you, you will get the live reaction of whatever this is. Whatever it may be. Because it is, in fact, going to be. Bray Wyatt. As much as Lindsay does want to admit that part of it, it will be, in fact, Bray Wyatt. Oh, I, I fully believe it'll be Bray Wyatt. Like, I fully believe it. But, like, at the same time, I'm not going to fully get my hopes up until he walks out. Because, like I keep saying, I am completely realistic in the fact that it could be somebody else. And WWE has broken my heart in the past. And I have learned. I have learned, y'all. So, you know, if it's not Bray, it's not Bray. I'll be disappointed, but at least I'm already acknowledged that it may not be Bray, so we're fine. So I'm not going to get mad about it. So with that, we're done? We're done! Chat, we just needed to get it all out on the table. Y'all been wanting me to buy in. Here you go. But that'll do it for another edition of Rack Live right here on Wild Talk Brand Network. Saturday night programming notes. There's no Fortnite with friends or CB Raider. CB Raider Live returns the following week. Because I'm, I'm not in town, so... Sucks to be me. <laughs> Follow Lindsay on Twitch. She'll be live. Twitch.tv is less than the word. Probably as the, as the premium live event starts. Um, Sunday night, Russell Talk Radio, 10 p.m. Eastern. They're going to review Extreme Rules. I'm going to be watching a baseball game. Maybe. It gets, gets game three. Maybe it just ends in two and the Phillies move on. That'd be cool. I don't know. <laughs> Monday night, it's the Raw Post Show, 11 p.m. Eastern. We will review Extreme Rules next Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's Rack Radio Show on all social media platforms or wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or Amazon Music. Search the Rack Radio Show. Speaking of Amazon, you can link it to your Twitch account. Go to Amazon Prime, link it to your Twitch account. It's called Prime Gaming. Support the channel. Click the purple rectangular button below the screen. Or you can support us a regular way, follow the channel, do all the fun stuff. You can use creator code RocketSock or... Linz M. Ward. In the Fortnite item shop. Or Epic Game Store. 
When you buy your Fortnite skins, there's all the Halloweens. Ariana Grande is back. Buy Genshin stuff. Why? Because we are hashtag epic partners. You can follow me on most of the social medias at Lensward, L-I-N-S-W-R-D. You can check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Lensward, same as my Twitter, where, yes, I will be live tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern, Saturday. where I will be streaming... Saturday. Or, excuse me, Saturday. I will be live tomorrow. Not live. Not Saturday. Live. Saturday. Live. Eight. Anyway, I, I keep thinking it's Friday for some reason, because it actually technically is Friday. So, technically, it is tomorrow. It's in, like, a minute. Anyway, I will be live Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash Lensward, where I will be playing Gidgeon Impact. We will be doing Sinos, Story Quest, and I will be live reacting to Extreme Rules as it happens, because I'll have it up and running, and we can just sit here and have a good time. So if you want to watch along with me on your own computer, where we are not illegally airing it on Twitch, you are welcome to do that. <laughs> um, but otherwise, just come out because, or just come, you know, hang out because we're gonna have a good time and it's gonna be fun. Check out the YouTube channel lensward.rockradioshow.com or look for the Lensward on the YouTube. Like, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the things. I would appreciate it. Um, also, check out MBG Films YouTube.com/mbg1211 for all of Matt's fantastic content. So for Rock, I'm Lindsay Ward. I will see all of y'all Saturday. Don't want to miss it because. You could hear me. The scream heard around the world. He's here. He's here. Till then. Bye. Wild Talk Radio Network.